Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever Pay to Play podcast. My name is Frank Geib, and I'm joined here by a four-year roommate, and some would even call him my friend, James Zajikowski. James, how are you doing today? Uh, Frank, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here co-hosting with you this evening, but I feel great. Woke up this morning, a little bit tired. Nice. All the energy in the world right now. <laughs> uh, got a long weekend up ahead, got out of class around two today. Just for, for those of you that uh, are listening, we are recording this on a Thursday evening. Not sure when it'll get out yet. It's our first time doing this, but we're trying to have a little fun and talk to you about some things we think we know a thing or two about, be a little bit informative, a little bit entertaining, but a good mix of both of those things, especially in regards to sports and finance, Frank. Yeah, so James just told you we're going to talk about sports and finance. And, you know, James, just with this being our first episode, I really think this, uh, you know, you could really do a metaphor to mama finance, papa sport, uh, getting together, uh, having a few too many drinks, and then you know what? Nine months later, here's the birth of our podcast. Uh, it's our day zero for the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so we're going to talk to you guys about sports and finance. And, you know, James, anything else you want to add? You know, I think you're hitting the nail on the head, but as you said, it's our first go around. We're going to try and have some fun with it. Uh, we want to take all the feedback that you guys, our, our listeners, are able to give us at pay to play pod on Twitter. So be, we'll be very interactive with you via follow there. Us, follow us. You, you will not regret it. I well, promise. And this is the one thing we don't want you to fade us on. Do follow <laughs> us. Uh, we'll have plenty of talk about investing, gambling, the, kind of the, the gray area between the two a little bit. That'll yeah. pop up from time to time. But overall, you're just looking to have a little bit of fun and hopefully brighten your day on a walk to class, a drive home from the office, something of that nature. Yeah, and I think, you know, something that can be unique about this podcast, there's plenty of podcasts that talk about sports, um, and there's some that even talk about finance, obviously, as well, but there's not too many that blend the two, um, and also just for listeners that are around our age, um, seniors in college right now, you know, about to start the work, start in the workforce, uh, it's definitely important to start learning more about finance if that isn't your major and that's not what you're studying. Um, your finances are going to be extremely important to you going forward. And so I think that's just something else that we can bring um, with this podcast. Beyond the entertainment is also some really good information to help you become, uh, you know, great with your personal finances and hopefully a successful investor long term. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, and Frank, with that, I mean, for both those of you that don't know us, I'm not sure if we'll have too many people that are <laughs> listening that don't know us, but being from Cleveland and currently at Ohio State, you're going to hear a lot of Cleveland Columbus references in here, and we'll start with, a, I guess, a, an update on Cleveland sports, and a, no better place to start than this past Sunday, the Cleveland Cavaliers visiting the Lakers, and a huge upset victory for the Cavs. Frank, speak a little bit about how well Chetty Osman played in that one. Well, it, Chetty Osman, you know, he's he's young, uh, still early in his career, and uh, still a lot of development to go, but you saw in that game a glimpse of what the future might hold for Chetty. He was unbelievable start to finish, hitting tough shots, playing great defense. And he really he carried the team to a, a huge victory, and a huge victory for us on uh, the Cavs' money line that day. Uh, late Sunday night, don't know why we would bet a plus 505 Cavs' money line, but uh, we decided to. And, James, you know, anything to add I'll, on that? I'll tell, you right, I'll tell you right now why we, why <laughs> we bet on that. Because we were up on the week, we were making good picks throughout the week, and the Cavs are at eight wins. And here's the way I reasoned with it. You were you were on it before I was. I sold myself a little thereafter. Cavs with eight wins halfway through the season. 
I remember the year before the Cavs got LeBron James, they were 17 and 65. And I think this Cavs team can get to 17 wins again. And if they're going to get it uh, at this point, in this, to, to stay on pace for that, they needed a win sometime soon. And they were starting a West Coast road trip. And my, my reasoning there, they're not going to play very well towards the end of the road trip. If they're ever going to play well, it's going to be at the beginning. LeBron was out. The Lakers were 3-6 and six with LeBron out during his injury. Why not 3-7? and seven? What do you know? Next thing you, next thing you know, we go up big coming into this week. Yeah, it was a really great win for us. Great win for the Cavs. Um, they actually lost more recently uh, to the Blazers. Um, Nurkic, the big for the Blazers, had a triple-double, uh, which is surprising for a center, but good for him. And then the Cavs, I think, have uh, Denver coming up? Correct. Denver and then uh, the Utah Jazz. My memory serves me. Jazz, then Denver. I think you're right. Um, two tough teams. Probably not going to bet the Cavs' money line again. So No, you know what? We want them to lose now. Keep keep going for that draft pick. But every once in a while, I think we're going to have to peep our head in and say, hey, Cavs got to stay on pace for that 17-win season. <laughs> and we'll try and be active on Twitter saying, hey, this could be the one. Go ahead yeah. and look at the money line. We'll find the money lines here or there for the Cavs. Um, I've lost a couple on them, and they are terrible down the stretch normally. So it's a risky bet. Um but obviously, it's that plus 505 for a reason. Uh, you know, you bet 20 bucks, you win 100. And so we'll find that a couple times throughout the year. Uh, but, you know, just moving forward in sports, um, you know, the big thing going on right now besides NBA and college basketball, they're kind of in the middle of their seasons, is the NFL playoffs. And what did you think about last week's games? Well, Frank, uh, in our practice podcast last week, I uh, <laughs> went 1-3 and three on my picks and not too great. I think I let emotion get the best of me. I was all aboard Captain Luck ship, and the Colts uh, drowned under his watch early. He didn't. They, they just looked soft in that game. The Chiefs also played very, very well, and that was a, another case of you see a dome team go out play in the weather conditions, and they don't quite have the same magic they used to. The Colts defense that was so great all year just folded at the hands of Patrick Mahomes, and uh, so I'll admit I was wrong on that one. Great win for the Rams Saturday night. Um, the, Cowboys. the Cowboys were a hot underdog pick to cover, and kind of, kind of surprised that they were, given the way the Rams had played all season long and uh, all the hype around, you know, the young coaching staff, the talent of Todd Gurley, et cetera. But C.J. Anderson stepping up, that was a huge game out of him. No one saw that coming. No if you one. did, I think you're a liar. Um, but then we got Sunday. Uh, two other, I mean, at least the nightcap game was good. I mean, the Patriots blew out the Chargers. I also bet Chargers because I Same here. let emotion get into it. <laughs> I was fighting some of my other roommates. Uh, Mike Matthews was big on the Patriots, said they were going to murk them all week long, and that is exactly what happened. Uh, but then the Saints not covering against the Eagles, but I think putting a, an end to the narrative that is Nick Foles being some playoff wonder. And I, I'm not saying that because I dislike Nick Foles, but I think that it was nice to see a team that I thought was the better team actually come out on top and move forward. And now that you're looking at this week's games, I think you saw kind of chalk across the board last week. And these are probably the four teams that everyone was talking about all year long as you know the big threats to go to favorites. to go all the way. So I think it's going to make for a very exciting week this week. Hopefully, I can be a little bit better with that than I was <laughs> the previous. And I think over unders, I think you were better on calling than I was as well. But we, we'll start recording stats from this week on because now it's yeah. out there and publicized. 
Yeah, it was a practice podcast we did last week, guys. So that was our Inception podcast. Uh, this podcast is really our birthday, as, as we were saying earlier. Well said. And so, yeah, just uh, my picks from last week. I, I really did like the Chiefs. They were the best team I thought all year, uh, most talented offensively, and they, they played great as well in that game. Um, I did lose on the Chargers, just like James, and I also bet on the Saints spread, and they only won by six thanks to a Will Lutz missed field goal late in the game, which I'm still not over, but uh, i got to get over it eventually. Um, New week of betting coming up. And uh, I don't know, the only thing otherwise that's on the horizon this week is that there is also a potential Venus and Serena Williams match on Sunday coming up if they both win their respective matches in the Australian Open tomorrow who do you like in that one i think it's a little early to call venus <laughs> and serena advancing all the way but they gotta win one game tomorrow each I, one match. I mean serena has held the upper hand all time between the two i i personally love where on when they're on the same side if they were playing doubles this weekend <laughs> i mean i i don't know how many years back that goes but i i think i would throw the house remore talk about finance stuff i'd probably get a new mortgage refinance all that and throw everything i can on the two of them Wow. All right. Well, you know, just kind of, I think Serena would definitely win that. But moving forward um, into our podcast, uh, the next section is the lock of the week. And this section uh, is normally going to be picking a pick over the weekend of a game that has a, a line already at in Vegas and that we think we're very confident in we'll pick, and we'll pick our own each. Uh, but for this week, we're going to pick a couple lines that are actually tonight for us. So they'll probably be after the podcast airs. Uh, but my pick is number three, Caroline Wozniacki, going up against Maria Sharapova, number 31 in the world, in the Australian Open. Wozniacki's only a minus 135, uh, so she's a slight favorite, but number three in the world, she's really been playing on her game, and Sharapova's just coming back from injury, so I don't know if you'll really know anything about that, but my research today said that was a great pick. So, if, forgive me if I'm wrong, I believe Wozniacki and Rory McIlroy used to be a thing. Um, I, I'm double-checking myself on this right now as we speak, but I'm a big Rory McIlroy guy. Ooh, it looks like the breakup there was kind of ugly. So um, whatever the case is there, I actually will stick with the past. I do like Wozniacki in that matchup. A, a big Rory fan. I, I'm still on both of them together. Uh, so you can count me in on that. And actually, my research is telling me Wozniacki has moved on to NBA journeyman David Lee. Uh, oh, David. So David, still in the NBA? Uh, you know, that's something I, I haven't seen him on the court physically this year. Um, I believe he is probably, I don't think he's officially retired, but I don't, uh, actually November, 2017, he retired. Let's put an oh, end to that. Done. He's David. done, but had a great career actually and after. Now he's, and now he's following Wozniacki. I bet he'll be at that match. And, uh, just with that though, final, final on that call, uh, Sharapova is six and four all time against Wozniacki. Just wanted you guys to know that. Uh, and you can always fade my pick. Um, you can take Sharapova at plus 110 if you really like her more, but I think Wozniacki's going to get it done in two sets. Well, Stud Frank, and like you were saying, we're going to try and make these picks public on our Twitter if possible. Uh, my lock of the week actually comes tonight in the form of college basketball, probably my favorite sport to watch, one of my fa- favorite ones to bet because you see the emotion, the heart that these players play with. Yeah, and exactly. tonight, I believe it's 10 o'clock Eastern time, Hawaii visits Cal State Northridge, and Cal State Northridge, yeah, you might say, who who the heck is that? I might agree with you, but I'll tell you what, they've got one stud freshman 
I'm going to screw up his name because it's not an easy one. It looks a lot easier than it is, but it's like Lamine Gion. His last name is spelled like the name Diane, but it's like Gian. He's like from Senegal, and he can flat out play. And I think Hawaii is the sexy pick here. They're coming in over 500. Um, Cal State Northridge just around 500. But Cal State Northridge, an underdog on their home floor. Give me the home dog plus 1.5 against Hawaii. I don't think, I don't think it's even close. I'll go far <laughs> as to say so far as to say that. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> Frank. Any anything on that matchup? You know, I'm in, I'm impressed that you're gonna go with an underdog. Is not even close, but. I don't know anything about these two teams. Uh, the mean Diane, whatever that guy is, you know. He's that's not how you say it. I'm telling you. It's oh, that's different. not how you say it. I forgot. <laughs> my bad. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll see the mean Diane in the NFL, NBA one day. I don't know. But I think it is Lamine, but it's like DNA or something like that. But okay. let's not focus on that too much. Yeah. Sure. If they win tonight, yeah, he'll be my guy the rest of the year. But we'll see. Right. But a couple other college basketball games to watch later this weekend and. The, we'll probably make some picks on these out on Twitter as well. Ohio State hosts Maryland tomorrow. Expect Ohio State to be another home dog, probably by not too much. I mean, Maryland's a, a team that's coming in hot. The Buckeyes on a three-game slide themselves. But I could see this being a matchup where Chris Holtman draws a line in the sand and says, guess what, the Terrapins don't know what's coming when they get to Columbus. We might be the, we might be there in the crowd causing some ruckus as well. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. We might be in the crowd there. Um I'm not confident in Ohio State basketball right now. They are looking pretty weak, and I just don't know if the roster is good enough to, um, you know, be a top-five team in the Big Ten. But uh, we'll find out as the season goes on, obviously, and we'll find out Friday. Yeah, I'm not making my mind up till I see a line somewhere. Um, we'll see. Just ch- keep informed on Twitter, at PayToPlayPod. We're going to keep shouting that out there as much as we can to stir up the interest um, and another game actually on Saturday, probably the biggest game of college basketball season to this point, is when the Duke Blue Devils host the Virginia Cavaliers in an ACC showdown, 6 o'clock Eastern. I, you know, heart's telling me UVA here, but that's when I'm going to have to wait and see uh, what Vegas thinks before I make any sort of call on that one. It'll be very interesting to see what Vegas thinks because Duke point guard uh, trade. Jones? Correct. Trey? His older brother, Tyus. But Trey Jones uh, got hurt uh, against Syracuse? Correct. correct? And that's the game they lost, the Blue Devils. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, if he's healthy. I think he's going to be out. And uh, I still kind of like Duke. It's always fun rooting for Duke when they have Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish and all these other guys. Um, I mean, they might have the top three picks in the NBA draft next year. But Virginia's also won me money this year, so I am also going to probably wait for the line. Uh, Virginia's a really good defensive team, really experienced. Um, so it's going to be a tough one, but right now I'm going to lean towards Duke because I love watching Zion and RJ, and I love betting on them and cheering for them. Fair enough. Uh, and so we'll, we'll kind of change course of the ship right now and get into a little bit more of the finance sector. You heard a lot of sports there early on, but... We're going to do a little talk about the market, and Frank, quarter four earnings season is upon us. You said it best yourself in the notes here. Um, exciting times or, you know, nervous times, sweaty palms time, some sweaty people might call it, year-end, uh, fiscal year 2018. And, I mean, what we have seen so far in the start of 2019 is a little bit of rebound in the markets after what was really an abysmal end to 2018. December was a horrible month for most people, let's put it that way. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so stocks this week, they are, um, well, stocks last week, actually, I would say, rebounded pretty hard. The S&P 500 gained 2.5%, uh, NASDAQ jumped 35 And uh, with earnings season coming up like this, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what these companies report, if they're missing their marks, if they're beating their marks. Um, some of the early um, earners that have already reported have looked decent, but uh, it's definitely going to... Uh, change the scenery is going to change as we move forward i think anything else james yeah i'd say one thing that's really um i guess nice to see is the way the markets have reacted since uh jerome powell came out and talked in the press conference that he basically had following one of the fed meetings and he said the key word that he said in that um in that speech was how he talked about the unwinding of the balance sheet and it was kind of on autopilot mode um, and I think a lot of investors took some solace in that and said, all right, if they're not going to be micromanaging, looking and dictating what the equity markets are going to do in, in response to um, their right, uh, rate decisions, I think people are very happy about that. The other word he used was patient. And so I think that was very calming for a lot of investors. And you've seen the stock market kind of give a little spike back up appropriately to that. And for those of you who don't know, Jerome Powell, he is the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, the Federal Reserve Bank is the uh, basically the national bank of the U.S., but it's actually not a government organization. It is private. And uh, so they, though, can set short-term interest rates. And so in 2018, so when interest rates rise, normally it's bad for equity markets. And then when interest rates are falling, it's normally good for the economy, it's good for equity markets normally. Um, that's a very, um, not biased statement, that's just a, that's a general statement. Um, not, not always true. Not always the case, but that's kind of the general sense around the Fed. And so right now they're raising rates, and they raised them throughout 2018, and now that the markets um, kind of saw that skid in the end of December, they're getting a little bit more patient about interest rate hikes moving forward. And so that's definitely something that we're going to have to watch moving forward to see how the market reacts to the Fed's uh, moves. And so really that's something that helps move the market short term, but also long term as well. Fair enough, Frank. And I think something also to note, I guess, along with the markets is the government shutdown, uh, day 27 today. If you're listening to this on Friday, it's going to be day 28, unless something crazy happens in the morning. What I read most recently is there is going to be some votes next week to try and put an end to it. I didn't get too far into that article, so just something to keep on the radar. Yeah, it was actually, I saw uh, a letter that Trump sent to uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, I want to say. Yeah, I I actually, yep. And he told her she could no longer go on her trips. Uh, She has a couple trips coming up. I think one was to Egypt, uh, just kind of different places around the, the globe. Uh, to give some talks and to meet with people. And he said she can no longer go on the government's uh, pay that uh, she has to uh, fly commercial if she wants to do that, which I thought was pretty funny. Wow. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, um, speaking of Trump, uh, you know, why is this government shut down right now? One of the things that he obviously cares about is that that big wall he wants uh, on the border of Mexico. And uh, that's something, obviously, Trump is going to keep making these uh, markets murky Um, The stock market really is going to be a volatile one in 2019, I think. Uh, Thanks to Trump, thanks to the Fed's, uh, you know, kind of you don't know where their stance is necessarily with these rate hikes. And also with China trade, do you have anything on that, James? Not much, Frank. I will say, just as a disclaimer to all our 
listeners, first you might you might listen to this podcast and go, oh, great, another political something or other. No, we'll make it very clear we're not political. <laughs> and actually, something that was said in one of my classes uh, this semester, um, investing strategies, and he, our professor said, hey, I'm going to talk about the government a little bit here, talk about politics. Let me be clear with you. This class is not about politics, but simply when you talk about the economics in the U.S., in the world for that matter, there's economically markets move as a result of political things that pass, that don't pass, statements, what what have you. So we're going to look at basically any political commentary um, as a way to basically look at it from the market's point of view and how do, how do the investors and what, what do people think about what is going on in the political sector. So just putting that disclaimer in there, uh, trade with China, I'm not quite a foreign expert. In fact, didn't do too hot in my um, <laughs> global finance class first semester, so I'm not going to spew out misinformation to our listeners. Um, but I, I think I, I, it's, it's not a great situation at the moment. I hope it gets better. I'm not going to go too much further. Yeah, so it's definitely another thing that's weighing on the market is this trade talk. And, um, you know, Trump's been calling himself tariff man, um, <laughs> putting tariffs on all the imports that we as a country uh, bring in from China, um, which is a lot more than we export to China. So that's that's obviously led to a lot of tensions between us and China. And China's growth is slowing down itself um, just because they've grown so much in the past. It's tough to keep growing at 10% rates. So China's now growing closer to 5%. The U.S. is growing closer to about 3%. Um, but uh, they could definitely uh, increase their um, you know, trade and increase both economies um, if they can figure out these trade negotiations. Uh, Trump really thinks we're getting a bad deal here. I'm not so sure. Um, but Vice Premier Lee, he is going to visit Washington next uh, in the next couple weeks here. Uh, he's China's chief trade negotiator. And so it'll be interesting to see um, if maybe we can get a deal done. Uh, we definitely need to get a deal done, I think, with China within the first 90 days of the year or those tariffs go back into a f- – or those tariffs increase, I think, is what it is. Um, so, yeah, just that's our opinion right now on the market. Uh, we think it's going to be a volatile 2019. We're not giving you necessarily financial advice. but We're not licensed to do that. We're not licensed <laughs> to do that. Not at all. But we are going to give you some opinions on different companies uh, throughout this podcast and – that leads us into our next segment, uh, the stocks of the week. Uh, James, why don't you start with your stock? All right, Frank. Uh, one one stock I've kept my eye on, uh, currently have a long hold on, uh, is CVS. So everyone's pretty much heard of it, CVS Pharmacy. They've been active in terms of mergers and acquisitions as of late, partnering with Target a little while back and putting some CVS um, little outlets within Target stores. Like that, um, that was a little while back, but now you're starting to see these kind of dual stores pop up. But the other merger they have in process is with Aetna, the health insurer. So that's something that's kind of ironing itself out. Currently trading around $66 a share, and that's in fact where I bought it. Um, but it peaked up at $83. In the, um, it was its 52-week high in, I'd, I'd say, like fall of 2018. And they have a P.E. ratio a little high at 21, 21 times. It's not too hot, high at all, but... Um, have a decent dividend yield at 2.76%, and they've boosted that dividend several years running. So I think they're a company that's certainly someone to keep an eye on. And in, in fact, 
even more so in the news now as Walgreens, I believe, just went on with a merger, one of their key competitors. Um, drawing a blank on who Walgreens just partnered with, but it was, uh, let's see, who was it? Kroger. It was Walgreens and Kroger. So that's something, as they're kind of looking to get into potentially, you know, the grocery retail space, um, things will be interesting to watch there. But I think CVS has the upper hand. I, I don't know if they're further along in their merger with Aetna than Kroger and Walgreens are. But CVS is someone I, I think they've had sustained growth, good management team, someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, I have no problem with CVS, just looking at uh, the numbers you have here. For those of you who don't know, the P-E ratio, which James said was 21.4 for CVS, uh, P stands for price, and then it's divided by the company's earnings uh, over the last 12 months, or you could look at a forward P-E ratio if you're projecting earnings forward. And then a dividend yield is based off the price that it is right now. If you bought it at that price, how much would the dividend... Um, of that total price so dividend of 2.76% at a $66 price it's probably about a $4 dividend right now $3 dividend on the year um, something of that or nature no, maybe less I might be wrong it's probably like a $2 dividend yeah but um, yeah James I think CVS could be a good company uh, I, I like that industry that they're in I think they you know they have some competitors but it's not oversaturated by any means and that these mergers could really help move them along I think with you know the I like the move with Target and I think this move with Aetna could also I, be I, I think I actually incorrectly use the word merger but I should say partnerships is a Target. better way to put it okay I, I believe know. Aetna and CVS is actually a merger but CVS and Target partnership partnership sorry yeah yep. no I, I said that incorrectly at the beginning and something you're doing a great job of explaining the ins and outs of these finance terms I'm tossing around sorry yeah. I've been in class too much <laughs> Yeah, so obviously not everyone's going to have the same financial understanding, so we got to slow it down somewhat. But um, the company I'm looking at for the week is a company you all know, and maybe some of you uh, pay them monthly. I know I do. Is AT&T. Um, so AT&T is the t- uh, telecommunication giant that you, know, you can get your phone from, you can get your internet from. Um, now they also just purchased Time Warner Cable. Or Time Warner Media, which, um, so if you know anything about Time Warner, they owned HBO, Warner Brothers, and then much more video content. Um, and basically now AT&T has gone from just a telecommunication provider to also an entertainment company that um, is going to compete in that space as well with the likes of Disney, um, Fox, uh, Comcast, and those types of companies. And so right now AT&T, just looking at some of the, uh, more technicals in the the price right now is at thirty dollars and sixty cents about, and with that the dividend is what's really um, why I like this stock, James. is It's at six point six one percent at the current price. Um, this means that you are getting six percent return every year on your original buy price, um, just in dividends, and so that's the market average is under two percent for a dividend. I would say. So this giant dividend is just really a great uh, addition, um, a great just investment is that it's going to give you 6%. So obviously the fact that it's there, there's also risks with this company. And the risks here is that they also they own the largest debt pile in the world. Um, that's just because they acquired Time Warner with a lot of debt and they already had a lot of debt. 
However, they're not really a risky company. Even in 2008, during the financial crisis, James, um, they were able to you know keep earnings uh, solid and even raise their dividend during that. So they've actually raised their dividend for over 25 straight years. And so I see that continuing to happen moving forward. And, um, yeah, I just think it's a really good company. The price-earnings ratio, which we just talked about, is only at 5.9 right now, which is um, a lot lower than the market average. James's CVS was at a 21, which is a lot closer to the market average. Uh, and so I just think AT&T is going to be a, a good company long-term at these prices. And, Frank, I think it's hard to dispute that. You've been high on them for a while, and when you notice the number of industries that they're in and trying to become a bigger player in, I think they do have good growth prospects going forward. I am a little bit, um, I wouldn't say scared of them, but a little bit more cautious with them. Just actually because of that high dividend yield, sometimes it's difficult to sustain something that high, but given the fact that they've done it through a crisis back in 08 and they've been raising it to a point now, I think that it is something that definitely a good company and one that's worth uh, your time, at least, to look into investing. Yeah, there's no mistake about it. Um, they have that high dividend yield right now because their price has been uh, going down, actually. Um, but I think the price is kind of finding a bottom in this $30 range. It's, it's moved down to the under 30 a couple times, but it's kind of rebounded to this range a couple times. So I think this is a, a fair value right now, and I think moving forward that they just have a lot of potential for growth, and the fact that they've grown that dividend, um, I think, and that they still have strong dividend coverage, I like it moving forward. Obviously, that's the thing I'm going to be um, evaluating as this investment continues for myself, is how safe is that dividend? Can they keep raising it year after year? Fair enough. I think with that, we'll put a hold on the market talk, and we'll head back to sports, and we already hinted at the NFL playoffs. We were looking more back at last week but now we'll give you some upcoming picks we already gave you a couple of our locks and other games to watch in other sports but the nfl playoffs being such a primary stakeholder in a lot of people's weekends they can live and die by how these games go sometimes that's not the way we do it we just have a good time entertaining <laughs> time put some DiGiorno's in the oven and uh have a little fun watching these games but the pats and chiefs play is that the three o'clock game on sunday frank I, i'm not sure these games are at three and six thirty uh chiefs favored by three over under at 55 and we're looking at that's the night game that's the night Sorry. game at 637 fine we're still talking about it first i don't really care <laughs> that's fine record cold temps projected for arrowhead stadium yeah. self-proclaimed the loudest stadium in the country frank who do you like in this one um it's tough to bet against the patriots but, like last week, I like the Chiefs again. Um, Chiefs minus three. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is, I think, more talented right now than Tom Brady. And I think he's going to lead the team to victory. Wow. Wow. Right now, that's that's a fair statement. Right I, think, I think I would agree. That's not anything groundbreaking. But when you looked at the way Tom Brady played last Sunday and – I'll be honest, I was against them last weekend. Actually, the Patriots have screwed me every single time they've had the chance this year. I've backed them a couple times, and sure enough, they'll lose during the regular season in games they don't really care for or whatever. That just makes me feel better. Yeah, now now, uh, (laughs) I'm switching allegiances, plus three. They've got this whole bet-against-us mantra going, which I think is a load of crap. I still hate hate this organization, (laughs) but 
if my bet wins, I will hate them a little less just for this weekend, and then I will be picking against them in the Super Bowl, almost undoubtedly. I think our winner this year comes out of the NFC. We both like the over in this one. The cold temps aren't scaring us away. Haven't seen quite the same amount of precipitation that was projected in Arrowhead last weekend and kind of was. Um, but I think uh, I like the NFC a lot more, and that's why I'm more excited to talk about the Rams visiting the Saints, playing in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. Drew Brees, one win away from getting another crack at a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for Brees, and I'd love to see him in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, he's a great quarterback, and I think, personally, kind of, I have nothing against Tom Brady, but I don't know why I'm going to do this again, but I think Drew Brees has had a better career than Tom Brady. Uh, if you're not counting Super Bowls, obviously. Um, but I think if Brees gets another Super Bowl, then he can really start talking uh, who's better, him or Brady, in their career. Because Brees has had plenty more 5,000-yard passing seasons. Um, he's got, uh, I think he's got the record for touchdowns now? Or for, what record did he break this year? Yards? Uh, yeah, most yards ever thrown by a quarterback. Okay, so yeah, Brees has some records that Brady doesn't have because Brees has them now. Um, and Brees is also a little bit younger than Tom, so he's got a couple more years left. However... Going off that, I am going to take the Rams plus three and a half. I, James, you said the book might have moved? Uh, can't confirm at the moment, but it had last time I looked at it, which was earlier this week. I can get an official update, like 10 seconds. Okay, Frank, keep well, talking. I yeah, got 10 so seconds. I'm going to take the Rams three and a half, and here's it's my logic. Three. It is at three, as of this okay. at least, Then I, mean, I don't know because I, I just hated the plus or the minus three and a half for the Saints. And I just thought this is going to be a close game. And I think it's going to be a great game. I think the Rams and Saints are obviously two of the four best teams in the NFL, and they're going to get to display their talents. Uh, they played each other uh, about a little bit past midseason, I want to say, and the Saints won 45-35. So I think the Rams get a little revenge and lose by less than three. <laughs> Not even saying they win, just lose by less than three. Fair enough. And uh, we shouldn't shortchange Drew Brees. He has the... Most career passing yards, most career completions, highest career completion percentage. He's second in pa- touchdown passes, 19 behind Peyton Manning. Probably will be broken next year. But that is assuming he does not win the Super Bowl this year and then ride off into the sunset. Wow. Imagine that. Could you could you picture that for just a second? Yeah, Taysom I mean, Hill takes over the <laughs> Saints after this year. All right, there's, there's no way. Drew Brees is playing football next year. All right, well, I'm not. that's not what we're here to predict. I will <laughs> be on the opposite side of you. Um, I got the Saints minus three, and I have the under 57. You talked about that other matchup being high scoring between them. I think these defenses figure each other out a little bit. Always kind of gutsy to do that in a dome, say, hey, these teams are going to score under, especially when they have as high-powered of offenses as they do. But you look last week, the Rams played up pretty good defense against the Cowboys. Saints played a pretty darn good game of defense against the Eagles. Um, so that's why I have the under in this one. And I'm all aboard the Drew Brees train. I would love this. I'd love nothing more than the Saints to beat the Pats in the Super Bowl. I think that would just be a whole lot of fun. I do think that'd be a lot of fun, too, to see Brees and Brady get a chance at the Super Bowl together. Two of the two of the really the best quarterbacks of our generation uh, growing up. And so it'll be interesting to see. But... Um, I still think it could become some of the young guys playing. Uh, I think I could be seeing Pat Mahomes taking on Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. I, I won't be mad at any matchup we get. I'll put it that way. All four of these teams, I think, are worthy of worthy of it. I won't be mad. 
or on opposite sides should make for a fun Sunday evening. Yep, and I'm betting the over on both games. I'm I'm feeling a lot of scoring this weekend. I don't care what kind of weather we're at. Rams and Saints, that's in a dome. We're, we're getting 80 points in that game. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, that's our picks uh, in the NFL. And our next segment uh, is a bad beat segment or just upset segment uh, that we want to pick. Uh, Might figure out a different name. Yeah, we're Respect fi- to Scott Van Pelt. We're figuring it out. We don't want to call it bad beats. We'll call it We'll call it sad beats. <laughs> I don't hate that. Sad beats. Sad beats. <laughs> and so, James, you had a sad beat last night um, to, to lose a few bucks. Yeah, no, nothing crazy. I didn't yeah. throw much on it. I was I was riding the waves of the Calgary Flames. They were a hot team at home. Had the Buffalo Sabres coming into town. Calgary Flames were up 2-1 to one in the third period. Buffalo goes on to score two unanswered. So it was 3-2 to two Sabres. The Flames gave me a smidge of hope tying that one up, sending it to overtime. Three-on-three three hockey on your home floor. You would hope the crowd riles you up for victory. That didn't happen. And sure enough, the Sabres sent me home a little bit sad. I don't want to delve too much more into that. I'm not the biggest hockey guy, but we do, we'll do our best to cover all sports. You heard us talking about tennis earlier. Yeah, I, and then I'll just uh, I'll give you guys an upset pick uh, that I'm going to go with tonight. Uh, it's in the NBA, and it's Philadelphia. They're plus 145 at Indiana Moneyline. Um, I think Philly's just, you know, they got, they got more talent than Indiana personally, so I'm going to ride them even though they're on the road. And Indiana's not a bad team. I, I just am going to ride Jimmy Butler and uh, the Sixers tonight. Um, but, yeah, so that's just a quick little segment. But we're going to move forward back to some, uh, you know, finance stuff, uh, maybe some great information for some of you that are about to start work. And you've heard about this thing called the 401K. James, what the heck is a 401K? I like that. Uh, we might, might have to do that every term. We might have to say, what the heck is then okay. some sort of fine. I don't this know. This is the what the heck section what of the our heck? podcast. Four, the 401k. I mean, I'm no expert here, but we were talking about it earlier today in class yet again. So I love when I'm able to <laughs> coordinate my free time with what I do in class. <laughs> Just keep learning all the time. But a 401k is basically a, one something that most companies will offer you. In, in fact, Companies in the olden days used to offer pensions and whatnot, but those are rarely seen nowadays. Usually it's 401k is their option, basically where they are making contributions along with you towards your retirement. And a lot of companies will offer a match up to a certain percent of your pre-tax salary. Um, And so, for instance, you might hear like, oh, your company is offering a 4% match on your um, 401k. Basically what what they're saying to you is you can put in 4% of your salary. Let's say you make $100,000 a year. That's not what most... Yeah, let's just say you make $100,000. I'm just doing that for simple math. Yeah. So and 4%. they'll match up to 4% of that. They'll they'll literally put $4,000 into your retirement account over that one year if you put in at least 4000 yourself. And so it's a great option. Um, my professor today said there's no such thing as free money, but you're basically... If you don't opt into your 401k, which the vast amount of people in the U.S. don't. Surprisingly don't. They don't. Um, you're basically saying, go ahead, pay me less. I'm not worth it. I'm not a good employee. I'm basically stealing his words from the lecture, but I thought it was a great point. Um, and so it's a very smart idea, especially if you're starting your work, uh, your work career, to invest somewhere in the nature of uh, people will – argue this one way or another, 10 to 15% of your pre-tax salary, if you're able to afford it, depending on your conditions and everything. But it's very wise to save 
and save early. So save early and often is the way I like to look at it. So, I, you know, I'm going to try and get somewhere in that 10 to 15% ballpark. We'll see how it goes. But I, there's definitely different kinds of 401k accounts. Frank, you want to break down a little bit of the differences for us? Yeah, so um, so and each company can have a different 401k and what that 401k is actually investing in and things such as that nature. And you sometimes have options as well. But so the traditional 401k that you hear about, as James said, it's before tax dollars uh, that you're making these contributions and that your employer is matching. Uh, so that's really the big thing is that before tax dollars. So then when you take out this 401k, um, which is when you retire or when you're older, um, you then get taxed on whatever you take out. Um, so then there's also an alternative to this traditional taxing, and that's in the Roth 401k. And a Roth 401k is simply that you make your contributions after tax dollars. So you pay the taxes on what you earn, and then you put in uh, what's left afterward into that Roth 401k account. And the benefit of this is that then maybe that account grows significantly over uh, the lifetime of your career. And then when you want to take it out in retirement, um, you can take it out without getting taxed at that point. So um, personally, I would prefer a Roth 401k than a traditional 401k because um, just because you'll be getting a lower tax amount um, when you're making less early in your career than you are later in your career, I would assume. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of the differences between a traditional and a Roth 401k. I uh, just want to reiterate what James said, though. Try to Definitely try to at least put in what your employer will match. Because, at the very least, yeah. At the very least. And do more if you can. Um, but it's, it's just a really smart way to save and invest uh, for retirement. And one thing to note on that... Um, you never actually know about the taxation. We're not sure what it's going to look yeah. like in 40 years, so that's why you still might want to go traditional. Roth's not the shoe away. Like, definitely want to do that. Yeah. You never know what the brackets are going to look like down the road, and you have to be at least 59 and a half, 60 by the time you withdraw from uh, most 401Ks. Again, look into your policy before you just blindly sign it. Yeah, just yeah, exactly what James was saying. Um, you know, if you think taxes are going to go to zero in the future, then yeah, you should definitely put it in on a pre-tax so you don't get ta- you wouldn't get taxed because there's no tax later in the future. But if you think taxes are going to rise in the future, uh, a Roth might be more beneficial. Or if your income's going to rise, a Roth might be more beneficial. Or if you think taxes are going to fall, though, a traditional might be more more beneficial. I'm sorry. Good. But yeah, so that's uh, our what the heck segment of the day uh, on 401ks this week. Uh, if you have any questions, once again, the pay-to-play pod on Twitter, at pay-to-play-pod. Uh, we'd love to answer any of them. Might even set up an email at some point, but not yet. Not yet. Don't. I'm not going to put words into our own mouths that aren't true yet. But we'll, we want to interact with the, the listeners, the fans out there. Yeah, James will give you his phone number, too. You just got to ask him. He'll um, give anyone his phone number. I, I like to talk. <laughs> Who am I kidding? But this actually, what I like to talk about is uh, college basketball. So we'll dive right back into that. And I love nothing more than March Madness. And so I think one segment we're going to try and do leading up to March Madness is we're going to give you a team to know come turnaround time. Tournament time. Tournament Excuse me. Time. Tournament Ooh. time. That's a kind of a tongue twister. Team to know come tournament time. A lot of T's. Um, but today we're talking about Gonzaga Bulldogs. 16-2 and two, uh, out of the West Coast Conference. Uh, number five in the country right now. James, what do you love about the Bulldogs? One of the deepest rosters in the country and. Uh, when you looked at, at their top seven in minutes per game, 
Um, I think you see a lethal force at all seven spots. I don't think another team in the country offers that necessarily. I mean, you can talk all you want about the big three of Duke, and honestly, it should be the big four because Trey Jones is such a vital part of them, but he's down now, like we said earlier. Um, Gonzaga has so many players that can hurt you in so many different ways. Zach Norvell can fire up a three at a second's notice. Killian Tilly, just back from injury, the tall Frenchman, uh, has some NBA aspirations, decided to come back. He will be awesome off the bench. And, Frank, I know a guy you love, Brandon Clark. Some might say he's the best player on this team all around. Defensively, he's terrific. Um, and probably a John Wooden watch player and Rui Hachimura, I believe. I believe. Rui Hachimura from Japan. Uh, he's really their guy, though, I think, right now at least. Um, Rui Hachimura from Japan. He's getting 21 points a game right now uh, to lead the team. And he's about a 6'8", uh, power forward, small forward type player. Just extremely talented and, um, you know, just leads this team of extremely talented, you know, mainly juniors and seniors. Um, a couple of sophomores in that main seven there. But it's an experienced team with a lot of size. Uh, you talked about Brandon Clark. I think Clark is the second best athlete in college basketball behind Zion Williamson. He can also just jump out of the gym. And they're led with a great point guard in Josh Perkins, who's a senior He's played there forever. Um, he understands the game. He knows how to control the tempo. And um, that's that's what really helped them get that big win on their resume right now, which is the undefeated Duke team that they took down um, earlier in the season. Yeah, no, I think this team has loads of potential. They're very fun to watch play. And given that they're out there on the West Coast, they play a lot of their games 9, 10 o'clock. So if you ever find yourself nothing to, nothing to do, can't sleep, whatever, Find some sort of ESPN channel because Gonzaga will probably be on it, given that they're so fun to watch. Um, I won't go too much further than them, please. I, if I had to actually pick a team to win the t- title right now, I think they'd likely be my pick, them or Virginia. Um, but definitely a team to know. I mean, a lot of other teams in that top tier, I think this one. I think the Bulldogs belong up there in that top tier. Yeah, I really do think Gonzaga is a top five roster if not top two roster in in college basketball. Um, a couple tough losses uh, to number three ranked Tennessee and also a, a top 25 team in North Carolina who's always a powerhouse in college basketball. You know, you would expect those uh, throughout the season. But, yeah, this is a team that's going to be a, make a deep tournament run barring a big upset. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Gonzaga can do. And that's just, you know, our college basketball team to know come tournament time segment. Uh, we're going to give you guys just a bunch of teams uh, throughout these podcasts to know come tournament time, and maybe it'll help you win your brackets. I don't know. Never know. I And I will say I love talking college basketball. I already, I already had some teams in mind for next week, but we won't spoil them. We'll, yeah. we'll head right into our next segment, which is the Columbus update. We told you delve into a little bit about what's going on around Columbus and that being the Ohio State basketball team on a little bit of a slide. We talked about them facing Maryland tomorrow night at home. Good time to turn around. That little slide, I don't want to go too much further because it's been ugly as of late. The second half against Iowa, they looked terrible. That, yeah. Talk about a bad beat for me, too. I that, That's another story. <laughs> yeah, the Buckeyes have not looked great, uh, but who has looked great in Columbus is the Blue Jackets. They are winners of five of their last six and they are tied at the top of the Metropolitan Division. James and I actually got to go to a game, James. Uh, why don't you tell them about the Blue Jackets? 
had a great game on last Sunday night. They hosted the New York Rangers, and it was a high-scoring affair. Final score, 7-5. to five. Pucks were flying left and right into the crowd. Again, I, I don't go to hockey games all that often. I do enjoy them. That's actually my th- third career Blue Jackets game, second or third. Uh, plan on going to a couple more during this stretch run, hopefully leading to uh, playoff appearance, and hopefully a, this could be a year where they win a playoff series, maybe go further beyond that. But winning a playoff series is their first and foremost objective. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, you know, they got to – that's the expectation too is if you don't win a playoff series uh, as a team that's made the playoffs two out of the last three years, I want to say, or at least last year they made it um, and lost in their first round. If you don't win a playoff series, I would say it's a disappointing season. It's a lot like the Bengals. It's a lot like the <laughs> Bengals uh, who finally got rid of the guy that could never win a playoff game, Marvin Lewis. Uh, good guy, though. Come on. Rumor has it they're not bringing back Hugh Jackson either. Uh, Zach Taylor. I believe was the name mentioned there. I don't know if that's official yet. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Either. I don't really care about Cincinnati. Sorry. <laughs> I don't mind Cincinnati. I don't mind it. I don't really care. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, that's just our quick Columbus update. Um, and kind of building off of that, though, our one of our final segments uh, of this podcast is uh, going to be basically our bucket list podcast. We are both now second semester seniors in college, which is really a time to just start drinking beer um, and doing nothing else. But... Uh, we also want to, you know, do some of the things that we never did at Ohio State or in Columbus or some of the things that maybe we did when we were freshmen or sophomores that we want to do again uh, before we leave. And, James, why don't you tell them what our, our bucket list item for this upcoming week is that we're going to do. And we'll report to you guys on um, if we actually do these. or it could be some pictures on Twitter. Yeah, there'll uh, be pictures and videos uh, and different things. So, yeah, it, again, it's going to be some place we've never, we've never been or would like to go around the Columbus area something we haven't tried and in this case it's both of those things we have not been to the bacon vending machine we have not tried bacon from the bacon vending machine you might have seen it on usa today it was over all the major newspapers but there's a building on ohio state's campus that reportedly has a bacon vending machine don't know too many of the details all all i know is it's not on the side of campus we normally um are around i believe it's towards the agriculture closer agricultural school those buildings closer to the shot and the basketball arena. Um, So we want to go to the bacon vending machine and get a piece of bacon to say we've done it. Yeah, so what I've heard of the bacon vending machine is that it's literally a machine that'll cook you hot bacon, ready-to-eat bacon, uh, within a quick, quick moment's notice, basically. It'll give you hot, ready-to-eat bacon. Um, It sounds like a really cool thing that I definitely want to go try. Um... What was the one thing I was going to say about it? Um, oh, never mind. I was going to say that uh, it makes sense that it's on agricultural campus because they probably are getting the pigs from over there or something. But that's just I don't want to think that's about just, that. Yeah, that's just that. Oh, you guys come on. Here. I'm sorry. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll, we'll let you know about the bacon vending machine this week. Hopefully it's still there. Um, we think it is. I, um, don't, I haven't heard anything to the contrary. Yeah, so. Uh, but hopefully these will get progressively more and more fun throughout the year, <laughs> and we'll be able to delve into how they actually turn out. Yeah. Um, okay, James. And so our final segment that we want to leave you with, um, not really sports or finance, uh, but it's something that we both ha- share an interest in, you probably have more of a passion for, is uh, music and just picking a song of the week uh, for our listeners. Yeah, I think every week we're going to try, and you heard the boys of summer at the start of the show. Um Great one there from Don Henley, but I'm a guy that's always appealed more classic rock, but we're going to switch this up 
kind of week by week basis. We're gonna see what's hot, what's going on, anything news related. Um, and in this case, the song of the week, Jumpin' Jack Flash from the Rolling Stones, a very popular song back in its heyday, released as a single in 1968, and it reached the top of the singles chart in the UK and got up to number three in the US. And why is 1968 important, Frank? And we're, this, again, this is the last segment. We're going to close the show with this. We're heading into the long weekend that is Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Sadly, passed away in 1968, um, in April of 1968. That song was released in May of 1968. Wow. So he missed it by a month on earth, but I'm sure he's up in, li- in heaven listening. And uh, he's actually a... I, I did do a little searching into what kind of music does he like in case I wanted to pick something like that. He was more into get, um, jazz, gospel, and I didn't think that was appropriate to end our show on tonight. We want <laughs> high energy going into the long weekend. And Jumpin' Jack Flash, what a song with high energy. Always gets me going. And a fun fact about that song is called Jumpin' Jack Flash because Keith Richards and Mick Jagger were spending some time at a, a country house. Uh, I believe it belonged to Mick Jagger at the time. And one morning they woke up uh, to some noise outside and... Uh, Keith asked Mick or something of that nature. It might have been the opposite way around. He goes, what's that noise outside? He goes, oh, that's Jack, the gardener, jumping Jack. Jumping Jack. And next thing you know, the, the lyrics wrote themselves and ended up with that fine masterpiece that had so much success on the charts, as I just mentioned. But I think that's going to be where we leave off with you for the week. Actually, let me get one more thing in there. So, yeah, jumping Jack Flash. Uh, you'll, you'll, most of you will actually have heard this song more than you think. Uh, just by looking at the name, you might not recognize it, but you'll have heard this song, I think. And we just want to thank you, though, anyone who listened uh, to this point. Um, it's been a great podcast, one, but uh, we hope to get better as we go forward. Once again, follow us on Twitter, at PayToPlayPod. Uh, we'll be talking sports, finance, uh, and a whole lot more on there. And with that, thanks again, and here's the Stones. <laughs>